0: Well, last week we began talking about the marriage relationship and the kind of connection that husbands and wives have and uh, the way that we should treat one another. And we were introduced last week to the concept of headship, headship. And I want to remind you, that's going to be a really important emblem for us because Headship has to do not just with authority. Headship is about caring and beneficial authority, uh, caring and beneficial leadership. No, no head in its right mind behaves in a way that harms the rest of the body. And no person that's in a position of leadership, be it in the home or in the church or anywhere else, in his right mind operates in a way that it's harmful to other people. Now, this is in great distinction to the way much leadership in the world operates. In fact, Jesus himself taught that worldly leadership lords it over others. There's a lust for control, using others to lift up oneself. And don't think that it's just out there. I've seen it multiple times among men that are, are going into ministry. They're all about being in charge. They're all about being in the limelight. They're all about telling other people what's up and, and what they ought to do, and, and that's not actually a godly kind of leadership. Christian leadership is different, and perhaps the best index of genuine Christian leadership is actually in the home, and why is that? Because they, we have more opportunities than anywhere else to live out Christ-like love or to fail to do so. The reality is that in terms of your relationship with lots of other people, you have limited opportunities to actually sacrifice yourself and to show love. Um, in a relationship uh, with your wife, in a relationship within the home, uh, you have many, many opportunities to show such sacrificial love. And what you really are is much harder to cover up, and what you do there. In the common everyday moments of life, actually tells the true story about who you are and how you operate. So, on the one hand, as we look at the material tonight, I, I guarantee you there, there will be soul searching. As I've just the, the work that I've done it this week, I'm just thinking. You know, in fact, all, all day today and actually a little bit in, into yesterday, I'm thinking, okay, now tomorrow I'm going to talk about this, so I, I want to make sure that there's nothing I'm doing in recent memory that's going to make my wife go like, ah, easy for you to say. Um, so, but, but it's good to feel that pressure. It's good to feel that pressure and to recognize that we're called to a standard that is really infinitely high. Um, So, we look at these brief verses. I've broken them down this way. First, in verse 25, obvious that that Christ-like love is sacrificial love. And then in verses 26 and 27, Christ-like love is purposeful love. And we'll we'll see that there's a reason that Christ did what He did. And then finally, in verse 28, Christ-like love is a satisfying love. So, let's Let's start really where the, the biggest challenge is for us, and that is the Christ like love being a sacrificial love. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So, this is, it's not like there's a lot of hard words to understand here. Uh, we know what husbands are, we know what, we know what love is, okay? And, and so if this were husbands, love your wives. Well, of, well, of course I love my wife. I, I married her. I mean, we went through the ceremony. And the reason we got married is because we had fallen in love. Love your wives as Christ loved the church. Now the, now the ante is upping some, like say, okay, um, yeah, I understand Christ loved the church, but, but now I'm thinking about who Jesus Christ is and how high that standard is. Um, now I'm, I'm a little bit concerned. And then we get to the kicker and gave himself up for her. That just blew the doors off the level of self-sacrifice that the kind of love God is calling us to exercise uh, actually is. Now, I want you to, to think about this, what all is going on here. Christ, the Messiah. Remember, Christ is a title, not just a name. Christ is the Messiah. He's the king of everything. And so the king of everything gave himself up, delivered himself over, or as Philippians puts it, humbled himself to the form of a slave and was obedient even to death, the death of the cross. He gave himself up to be crucified, out of love for the church. Well, as soon as I get there, if if I am if I'm a husband that's that's trying to live in a way consistent with the scripture, I'm I'm suddenly in the deep end and I'm not sure that I can swim. Um, in, in other words, there's a standard here that I'm going to be growing into, if it were just love my wife, great. But as soon as I say, as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her, now the demands are high. It's the reason, for instance, that we prayed tonight that God would help our marriages show this kind of of Christ-like love. We pray for it because it's something… That is is at a supernatural kind of level. It's a level that we need God to be working in our hearts to achieve. There's always room to to grow, and we know from the rest of Scripture that this kind of self-sacrificing love is not just for husbands; it's for all disciples of Jesus. So it's not that husbands, you're supposed to love your wives uh, in the self-sacrificing way, and wives, you don't need to bother to love, love your husbands. Uh, but what's happening here is that the husband, because of his headship position, because of his leadership position, is supposed to model what this love looks like, and in its, in it's more powerful. You know, the, the more responsibility I carry, like Christ, the Messiah, the King of everything, the more profound the effect and the impact of my sacrificing myself for others. So, the more noble, the stronger, the wiser a husband might be, a father might be, the more powerful is His example of self-sacrifice, and that's really why He's called to do it. So, you know, if we, if we want our family to follow Jesus, uh, to live in a way that He commands us, then we as leaders of our home— And the same as leaders in the church or anywhere else, leaders need to model, we need to walk the path ourselves. We need to say, live as I live, not just do as I say, but but follow me, imitate me. The reality is the fact that love is connected to this self-sacrifice is part of what makes it possible because genuine love for a person actually makes us glad to sacrifice ourselves for that person. I mean, it's one thing... You know, if you call me to lay down my life for a person I don't even know or a person I don't even like, that's much harder for me than to lay down my life for a person that I love deeply, that I care a lot about, that I, that I want to flourish. And so God in His wisdom is actually, in the, in the home environment, given us a situation where He's going to make this self-sacrificing love easier than it would be if I were married to somebody I can't stand, versus married to somebody that where we felt enough kindred spirit, enough mutual love that we would actually choose to spend our lives together. So. This, this kind of love needs to be what characterizes the way husbands treat their wives. And we find this over and over and over again in Scripture. Just like we find that submission with the wives willing to put themselves under the husband's leadership, we find also, at the same time, we find this repeated emphasis on husbands loving their wives in this kind of way. So, I want us to think about some contrast to that. A Christian husband who treats his wife merely as his housemaid or his mistress, who uses her to take care of work that he does not like doing himself, or sees her function primarily as satisfying his own appetite, does not really understand Christlike love. At least he's not displaying it. To love her as Christ loved the church means you're willing to sacrifice anything and everything to meet her needs. I mean, Christ, the king of everything, became a slave, even to the death. And 1 Peter 3 commands husbands to make a home with their wives in an understanding way. So we, as husbands, have to ask ourselves these kinds of questions, and 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 it's not actually something we're constantly working on because people change and situations change. Do you know what your wife needs? Do you know what burdens that she carries? Do you understand how she thinks? And do you care to know these things? And when you know, what do you do about it? I think sometimes, because we've got our own workloads and we've got our own plans, we kind of don't want to know too much because we're afraid of what all might we might have to do to act on it and yet that's contrary to the spirit of a text like this. There are men who are winsome and gentle in public, but demanding and harsh at home. That is not love, and that is not manly either. There are men who cut themselves off from closeness to their wives. They don't know what their wife's needs are, or how she thinks, or what burdens, because they're too cut off from her. They're busy doing their own projects, pursuing their own career advancements. They have no time for their wife's concerns. There are others who lounge around at home, wasting hours entertaining themselves while their wife carries the full load of maintaining the home and the children and all that involves they don't take time to talk with their wife or the kids. They don't pray with them. They may be willing to pay money to cover the expenses of room and board and schooling, but they won't give time or give themselves to lead with a gentle hand in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Now, I, I pray that that would be the exception in a church family, but I know from years of interacting with people that it's surprising how often this kind of unloving behavior actually invades the Christian home. And over time, it's very easy for husbands and wives to, to sort of take one another for granted. we are like lifelong roommates. Um, the, the flaws that we've learned over the years rub us raw. And so we, we keep a safe distance and we live our lives and we, and we don't live anything like what is pictured here with Christ's love for the church. A husband that manifests Christ-like love is neither harsh nor is he passive. He is self-sacrificing. He takes action, leaving heaven to die on a cross kind of action in order to give his wife whatever she needs to flourish. So men let, let me challenge you. And I, I'm sure you've been challenged here before, and every time you hit this text, if you're like me, it's like it's like wake up call, okay? Am I, am I loving my wife the way Christ has loved me? Now, Christ's love was not only sacrificial, but it was purposeful. And we we know that. And I want you to see in the text what leads us to, to finding you know, why we're calling it purposeful. It's this word, this little word, that. We might add the words in order that. So this word tells us that what follows is, is going to be the reason that he gave himself up. There, there was a purpose in his doing so. He's not just falling on the sword. He he's actually has a goal in mind that is to the benefit of the church. And we see uh, what these benefits are. We see that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her. So he had already done that by the washing of water with the word. So that's, that's part of it. And then we have another purpose. Okay? He has sanctified her, cleansed her. Why? So that... He might present the church to himself. And what what would be the end result? Splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. She might be holy without blemish. So when we we look at what Christ was doing with us and giving himself up, we see a, a purposeful nature to what he's doing. Christ prizes his people, the church. He delights in their reaching the splendor for which they re- he rescued them. We, we saw that same kind of spirit from the Apostle Paul this morning in, in 1 Thessalonians 2, didn't we? Where he talks about, you are our glory and our joy. Well, the way he was talking about these believers is the way Jesus views believers according to texts like this. Jesus' relationship to us makes us better than we ever could have been on our own. Indeed, His work rescues us from being enslaved and abused by sin and Satan. He causes us to thrive, to grow, to become more beautiful, more capable, more happy than we ever could have been on our own. And that's what a husband should be doing For his wife. Now, obviously, you're not going to rescue your wife in the full sense of the way Christ has rescued his church. You're not God. You can't provide salvation. But this text, as he points to Christ's work, says, Look, Christ's work, his love for his people, his desire to see them flourish is the same kind of purpose mentality that you need to have for your wife. So let me ask you, husbands, this evening, does your wife know that you prize her? Does she see you sacrifice for her growth and her well-being and her happiness and her potential? If Jesus treated you the way you treat your wife, where would you be? And then maybe this question, this question may be too hard to answer altogether, um, or maybe we might be afraid to even ask our wife this. Does she love being your wife as much as a healthy Christian loves belonging to Jesus? And you say, well, wait a minute, that's not fair, because, you know, Jesus is perfect, and husbands are not. I, I get that. But but think about it, If if... A wife is flourishing because of a husband's love for her. There's nobody on the planet that doesn't like to flourish. There's there's nobody who flourishes on account of somebody else's sacrificial love for them that doesn't delight in that. I mean, it makes you feel really good. Good. To, to know that you 're growing and you 're flourishing and that that your spouse is is willing to to give himself up in the way Jesus did in order to make sure that you do and that leads to the third the third point, and that is that this love is a, a satisfying love in verse twenty eight we read In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Now, when you get to that verse, you're going like, whoa, 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 whoa. wait a minute. I thought this was like self-sacrificing love, and here you're telling me that it pays off. (laughs) I mean, this feels a little selfish. I mean, he who loves his wife, loves himself. That loving my wife as my own body, and you say, well, how's that? Well, you take care of your body. You, you feed it every day. You rest it every day. You you do what's necessary. Now, your body may not be in the, particularly if it's been a few years, it may not be in the best shape altogether. You might could take better care of it. but But the reality is that that there is a natural self-protection that's built in. That's what makes the self-sacrifice tough, right? It's important for us to know that that this kind of Christ-like love, actually there is great reward for it. Jesus Christ, for the joy that was set before Him, endured the cross. So, what we find here are actually echoes of Eden. When Adam first saw Eve, remember what he said? Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, Isha, because she was taken out of man, Ish." Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, be glued to her, and they shall become one flesh. They become joined, one, one life together. Because marriage unites you, If you give yourself in love to cause your wife to flourish, she is not the only one who benefits. You do. Because the more your wife grows and flourishes, the better life partner you have. You are one with her. And you're not flourishing. You can't really flourish if she's not flourishing. You're in it together. So, you say, well, this, this feels a little backwards. So it's actually the way everything works. Um, we know that, that when we do wrong, we actually do harm not only to others, but we do harm to ourselves. Peter says that failing to live with your wife in an understanding way, failing to show honor to her as a weaker vessel, actually hinders your prayers. Like, you know, you can pretend like you're talking to God if you want to, but if you're, if you're talking to God you can't see, while you're mistreating the wife that you can see, then you are in dream world if you think your prayers are just going through just fine. She is an heir together, Peter says, with you of the grace of life. So husbands, I think it's really important for us as as Christian husbands, married to Christian wives, to remember that that the one to whom we're married is, is not just another human being, is not just uh, our wife but is actually a daughter of the king she's a princess and we want to treat her as a member of the divine royal family that she is and that's why it makes no sense that 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 my prayer life would be any good if i'm not treating my wife the way that I ought to. If I'm not treating the daughter of the king in an appropriate way, why do I think my audience with the king is going to go well, okay? So, so my interaction with my wife and that being what it should be actually is connected. It, it, it ought to be a reflection of my relationship with God, but it also affects my relationship with God. You're to use your strength to protect her and to honor her, not to beat her down. You know, only a fool treats those he leads that way. When you see somebody who's in leadership mistreat those he leads, you you know you're looking at a small person. You know you're looking at a person that doesn't understand what leadership is about. He actually harms himself when he does so. Now, this principle is throughout the Word of God. Living in accord with God's commands benefits those around you and benefits you. Sin harms others, and sin harms you. And nowhere is that more true than in the closest of all relationships. Marriage thrives on Christ-like love. It is a sacrificial love. But it's worth the sacrifice, really for two reasons. It's a purposeful love. This kind of love is to cause the one with whom you live to flourish. And as she flourishes, it actually makes your love together even more satisfying. Now, having been married for some time, Look out, we've got everyone from newlyweds, engaged couples to newlyweds to those that have been married for decades. I realize that what we've talked about might, might feel a little bit like pie in the sky, but, but let me encourage you not to treat it that lightly. And let me encourage you not to view it like this, a big burden, but rather I want you to think about it in terms of what the gospel is and that what you're actually doing is that you are bringing the good news of what Jesus has done to rescue us, to restore us to what we were created for. You are bringing the good news right down into practical, everyday living In your home. And you know what? Not only will your marriage thrive because of living this way, but think think about what you're teaching your children, what you're displaying to your children, and and helping them to understand what the love of God is all about and what loving Jesus and following Him is all about. It's really a huge privilege. It's this kind of, of paradox that somehow the more I learn to give up myself in love for another person, the happier I actually am. This is the Christian way, and Christ himself has taught it to us. Let's pray. God, in very short time, we've dealt with really massive concepts but Lord, I pray that our, our brief meditation tonight and just thinking about who Jesus is and what He's done for us might help all of us live in a way that brings you glory and that does great good to those that are closest to us. I pray specifically for the husbands in our congregation. God, only you know what all goes on in the privacy of our homes over time? It may become known more broadly, but, but Lord, you know. And Lord, I pray that we might live before you with integrity, with love, with humility, with self-sacrifice, that the way we live would cause our wife to flourish and would bring great happiness to our homes. Lord, I pray that that would go beyond the homes to spread throughout the church and the community, shining the light of what or who Jesus really is and what He's done to save us. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.